Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. And I have to say, this is a show I never really wanted to do because Dr. Marisa Charles has been our co-host on WellMed Radio for almost exactly two years, which is about double the time of the previous co-host we had. We didn't want to let her go. And uh, it's an opportunity now not only to thank her for the incredible work she has done on the radio for WellMed patients and families and others, uh, but to express my deep appreciation for the opportunity to work with her. So we have titled this show, Goodbye, Dr. Charles. And we're also <laughs> going to talk a little bit about a medical issue, cancer screenings that she wanted to bring up. Dr. Charles is a physician at the Wellman at Ingram Clinic in San Antonio, earned her medical degree from the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth in osteopathy. She completed her family medicine residency at the Christus Fond Memorial Hospital in Corpus Christi. And Dr. Charles is board certified in family medicine. And uh, Marisa, it, this has been a two-year journey. Uh, and, and you have, uh, you know, like the fish who doesn't have to learn how to swim because they're in water to begin with, you really jumped into radio. And and I'm deeply appreciative of that. Talk a little bit about what your initial fears were when you began to co-host. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it, it's been a fantastic experience for me as well. Um, and you know, it's been such a good opportunity for me to to meet new people, um, yourself, Ron, Mark, you know, all the, the production staff. It's been so much fun. But um, I guess I, um, the experience and the fears that I had, well, of course, there's the fear of I'm going to be on radio and, and completely forget what I'm going to say or um, have an experience where I misspeak or say something that's incorrect and lead somebody in the wrong direction. So there's so many fears, of course, but ultimately the experience has been fantastic. And I've enjoyed, you know, meeting so many different people and listening to really many lectures. We've had so many specialists that have come on and talked to us, you know, we've had a, a, a run of urologists, I think, that have had some excellent advice and and things, you know, maybe that I had not learned in my training that I've been able to take on. Yeah, you're thinking of Dr. My Shaw. Practice. Yeah, Dr. Shaw is fantastic. So, um, and I think it's been so fun here lately because we have had so many people from different parts of the country that have come on as guests and getting to talk to them about their experiences and seeing how similar it is and then how different it can be. And so I think all of those things make us realize that, you know, bottom line is we're all people, you know, and, and all of us that have come on that I've gotten to meet through the show have patients' best interest at heart. And that's been lovely to, to experience and to see. You know, when we first started this, I, I think I had said to you, there isn't anything we're going to talk about that you haven't covered uh, in your medical practice. And I, I think back to uh, hearing from physicians like yourself about the recertification process as a family practitioner, where you get asked every issue that we probably covered right here on WellMed Radio, not in the kind of medical depth, uh, but we've covered a lot of it. 
We really have. It's, you know, the, the topics that we've covered from mental health to, um, you know, urological complaints, cancer screening, blood pressure, heart disease, um, you know, diabetes. These are the conditions that we see on a daily basis. And, you know, most of it, of course, targeted towards our patient population, which is our um, Medicare Advantage patients, our 65 plus patients. I know we talk a lot about um, things that you should know when you're coming in to see the doctor, things that you should remember to ask, um, to advocate for yourself as a patient, and things that are helpful to us as providers so that we can you know, provide the best care that we can for patients when they are coming in to see us. And so, um, you know, so those are, are also topics that have been, I think, very good to discuss um, so that we have better patient relationships with, with their own providers, with their own doctors. Have you had any patients come in and say, are you the one on the radio? You know, I've had a couple, a couple that are like, hey, I listened to you on the radio or I heard this episode. Um, so I do have a couple of patients that are also um, fans, I suppose. <laughs> well, for those of you who've just joined us, uh, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Uh, today is the last formal program, but uh, she has promised and we have begged to have her come back from time to time as a guest and uh, she, not reluctantly, she eagerly agreed to do so. <laughs> we are changing the name of the program. And Dr. Charles, you chuckled when I shared with you uh, what the new name becomes, Two Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. And it adorable. takes two to replace you, Dr. Charles. We have Dr. Audrey Baria and Dr. Tamika Perry, uh, who will be uh, our new co-hosts every other uh, week. Every two weeks, you'll hear one or the other and we begin recording them in just a couple of weeks as, uh, as the new Two Docs in a Pod kicks off. And Dr. Charles, I know you wanted to talk about cancer screenings, one of the things that is near and dear to your heart. I've got a good friend who was talking with me the other day about her husband who was diagnosed with a melanoma on his back, and it turned out to be pretty serious. It took a major surgical procedure to have it removed. Most of us never see our backs. You know, you're, you're right. The skin of the back is an area that um, is obviously difficult to see on yourself. Um, you know, having a, a partner, a spouse, a family member that can take a look, you know, can be helpful. Um, sometimes we'll have these ugly duckling moles like these, you know, uh, most of the little moles on your back look about the same, but then there's this one that looks funny, you know, and those are the ones that often need to be brought to the attention of the physician. Um, and having, a, you know, somebody else take a good look at the skin is always a good idea. Yeah, and his uh, wife was laughing about how he looks like Frankenstein, the way they prepared that and cut that. And I believe Dr. Charles on our last program here is frozen. Uh, we'll ask her to reboot and we'll stop here for just a moment, Mark, and see if we can get her back. Ah, there she is. Are you back? I'm back. Yeah. You're back. You were frozen. I'm back. You were frozen. I was frozen for just a second. Was I oh, making nice to case? have you back? I was saying, I don't know if you heard it, that uh, my friend's wife said that uh, he looked like Frankenstein, the way they had removed that uh, melanoma on his back where it was. And she said, why didn't they just cut a straight line? It's all jagged and ripped, uh, which looks pretty weird. Well, I'm assuming they would have done something called a Mohs procedure where they take a smaller portion first and have the 
edges evaluated by a pathologist real time. And then they can see if there's still any kind of cancer cells on the edges. And if there is, they take a bigger piece and a bigger piece until ultimately they have removed the entirety of the abnormal cells. And sometimes it's a lot bigger than what the eye can, you know, see in that moment. I've seen, you know, spots that look, you know, less than a centimeter in size or, you know, half a centimeter. And then the area that has to be removed to completely remove the cancer turns out to be an area much, much larger in diameter. So those most surgeons are miracle workers. I've seen them take, you know, people with lesions on their faces and somehow manage to make the incisions in the cuts so that they can put everything back in a way that looks pretty good. I had one. So. In fact, I had a basal cell carcinoma right in the corner of uh, my nose and my face. And the uh, specialist who did the surgery was able to put the scar and the stitches in the normal crease that you have, mm -hmm. uh, your laugh crease in your mouth. You can't even tell it was there. I know. Very, very impressive. So talk to us a bit about, as long as we're bringing this up, skin cancers, because melanoma is the, the big bad one you don't want, right. but there are other skin cancers. Right. Melanoma is the big bad, the one that tends to metastasize, but it's not the most common. Um, the two most common skin cancers are basal cell carcinoma, which is like the one that you had, and then squamous cell carcinomas. So the basal cell carcinomas tend to be, they tend to be dome shaped, sometimes a little bit pearly, shiny, and sometimes have a little crater in the middle. So they'll tend to, as they progress, they'll become easily irritated. They may bleed, you know, it may, you, you may want to scratch them. Well, I that pick that mine all the time. Yeah. I picked at it but it doesn't heal and no. it continues to grow. And so um, that's a, a typical basal cell carcinoma. And again, sometimes they've got little like roots or extensions that go beyond what you can see on the skin. And so a specialized surgeon is often helpful. Um, the squamous cell carcinomas don't tend to grow quite as quickly, but can also be aggressive. Um, and those are from the sun exposure and we tend to see them more in sun exposed areas. So um, the face, the ears, the scalp, the, the chest, the arms, the hands, you know, are common places where we'll see those. There's some little, sometimes we'll get these little rough patches on the skin that we call, um, the fancy name is actinic keratosis, but those are like early, very, very pre-cancerous um, lesions that sometimes your doctor, if you have those, can freeze them off um, and prevent a cancer for you with just a simple procedure that um, people tend to heal pretty well from, so. I've got one on my face right over here that uh, I'm gonna have to get a little of that nitrous oxide slapped on there to make it go liquid away. Liquid nitrogen, liquid nitrogen. Now, <laughs> nitrous have, oxide's happy. It'll make you laugh. Laugh right? gas, Liquid yes. nitrogen, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. That's why you're the doctor and I'm not. That's right. <laughs> what other no. types of cancer screening okay. uh, should we undergo? So there, so many different kinds of cancers that one can get. However, there are not very many cancers that we can adequately screen for. And so we do need to take advantage of the ones that we can screen for. So basically it's breast cancer that we can screen for. And we know about that with mammograms. I think, you know, most people are aware that breast cancer screening with mammogram is recommended. And I wanted to talk about that. The other one is colon cancer, which is very important to screen for. 
And, and then there's lung cancer. And those are the three basic cancers that we can screen and that the United States Preventative Services Task Force, which is an organization that gives us the recommendations for screening that Medicare ultimately approves um, that, that we can screen for. I want to talk a so, bit about all those in just a moment. Stick with us. Uh, we're talking with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, her last show as the formal co-host on Wellmed Radio. Program begins again, titled Two Docs in a Pod, and we will launch that in just a couple of weeks with our new co-hosts who will be joining us for that. But in the meantime, we're saying goodbye to Dr. Marisa Charles. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for listening and joining us right here on Wellmed Radio. Nervous about going to see the doctor? At WellMed, many patients can see a doctor from the comfort of home with My Health Light Now. Enjoy a secure private medical appointment using a computer, smartphone, or tablet. You can even get same-day appointments. Go to www.myhealthlightnow.com to register or download the My Health Light Now app. Interested in becoming a WellMed patient? Visit discoverwellmed.com. Difficult not to be maudlin. I don't want to drag this out about, ooh, this is it. Dr. Marisa Charles, our co-host, the last 12 minutes, and then she will be actually enjoying a lot more free time. I'm Ron Aaron. <laughs> Delighted to have you with us right here on WellMed Radio. Dr. Charles, who has been with us for two years, is moving on, and we are going to relaunch this program as two docs in a pod with Dr. Audrey Baria and Dr. Tamika Perry. And they will begin to co-host in just a couple of weeks right here on what is now WellMed Radio, soon to be two docs in a pod. And Dr. Charles, uh, off the air, um, Mark, our uh, executive producer in the studio, mentioned something which is really interesting. When we began working with you, we were in studio pre-COVID. That's right. So it was a, a different experience because we often... Well, I would have to drive, you know, through traffic and whatnot to get to the studio. And then it was nice to get to know everybody, you know, getting to know Mark and getting to know yourself um, a little bit better there in person. And, you know, sometimes we would even have guests that were live as well. But the transition that happened during COVID, I think, opened up some doors for a WellMed Radio and the podcast um, in that when we transitioned to Zoom, we could still see each other. Um, however, we are also now able to see the guest, you know, through the, through the zoom link. And I think that really helps with cues and with the, the communication and, and getting the conversation going in the right direction. The new co-host, one is in Dallas and one is in Florida. We couldn't yeah. have done that if we weren't doing this show via zoom. That's, that's another benefit that it opened up the, um, the ability to have co-hosts from other areas and to have that experience and, We've also met some really awesome people through this journey, but yeah. it has been a, a journey of transition through COVID that we got to walk through, through together. So it's nice. Now we've been talking about cancer and cancer screenings, and we've talked about uh, certainly the various types of skin cancers. You mentioned uh, lung cancer and, and a screening. How do you screen for lung cancer? And, and do you do that as a matter of course with your patients? 
So here's the thing with lung cancer. So lung cancer screening is limited. So there's the research that has been done has only truly shown benefit in screening for lung cancer in a certain population of patients. So it's very specific. This is people who are aged from 50 to 80 who have had at least a 20 pack year smoking history. So a pack year is basically if somebody says I smoked a pack of a pack a day for a year, that's one pack year. So somebody who has smoked two packs a day for a year, that's two pack years. So if over the course of a lifetime, they've smoked at least a pack a day for 20 years or the equivalent thereof, and they are currently between the ages of 50 and 80, or they've quit smoking, but it's been less than 15 years since they quit, then we can screen them for lung cancer. So it's, you know, you have to tease that out. Okay. Are you still smoking now? Okay. Are you between the right ages? Okay. How much did you smoke? Let's try to do the math and figure it out and see if you qualify based on the number of years um, that you smoked. Because some people smoke for say 10 years, then they quit for five years and they start again for another 10, et cetera. So um, it does sometimes take a little mental gymnastics to try to figure out how long they've been smoking and if they make, meet the criteria for lung cancer screening. So if we have figured out that you do meet the criteria for lung cancer screening and you're still within the correct age range, the testing that is done is a CT scan of the lung, but it's a special one. It's a low dose CT scan. Um, there's no dye that's used, um, but it um, takes an image. So it's more uh, information than you would get from an X-ray although x-ray can also be helpful, but that's just one picture. The CT scan takes slices throughout the lung, you know, that are much closer together. And so it allows us to identify lesions that are even like five millimeters, you know, six millimeters in size. And then what we do is if they find one, then we're going to watch it over time. Um, if it's if it's a certain size, then they may recommend biopsy right away. If it's very small, then we watch it, say, based on um, there's recommendations that they have, depending on the size, the location, um, we may screen you again in three months, we may look at it in six months, or if it looks pretty stable, we may follow it in a year. So um, there's benefit in reducing risk of lung cancer um, from stopping smoking, you know, from the day you stop smoking. So if you're still smoking now and you think, nah, it's too late, I'm just gonna keep smoking, I am going to respectfully disagree and recommend that you go ahead and uh, stop smoking as soon as possible because we do see benefit in reducing risk of lung cancer. But if you have been a heavy smoker and we can calculate up to a 20 pack year smoking history and you've quit within the last 15 years, then you should be screened for lung cancer. I was, I a, three, was, I was a three pack a day smoker. That's wow. a lot of cigarettes. Okay. That's a lot but of cigarettes. But I quit in 1976. So you do not meet the criteria anymore. So if Which you had done that and had just recently quit, you know, if you had quit within the last even 10 years, you would still qualify um, with the, depending on how long you smoked three packs a day. But, you know, it doesn't take that long. You just need, if you did that for seven years, you meet the criteria. Right. Yeah, at the time, uh, the whole day was filled with cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. Couldn't answer the phone without a cigarette, couldn't write without a cigarette, couldn't drink coffee without a cigarette, went to bed, had a cigarette, woke up, had a cigarette, 
And then I quit because my uh, uh, son Mitch was about to be born. And uh, I knew telling him not to smoke was irrelevant if I was smoking mm-hmm. because he would follow the role model. Of course. And so I quit. Well, I commend you. That's very impressive, <clears throat> especially having smoked so much. It was a lot of cigarettes. So that's a lot of cigarettes. Plus, I must have smelled like an ashtray. <laughs> you know, I think people get to where they, they don't realize that they smell. Um, but I certainly have patients that are like, I don't smoke. And I'm like, really? You know, <laughs> that small little yeah, the nose that knows. cigarette. Yeah, the nose knows that cigarette. Well, um, okay. So then the other cancer that I didn't want to, that I wanted to make sure that we talked about the screening for, of course, is colon cancer. You know, you think about the colon, you know, it's such a, it's a soft, spacious area, you know, the cancer can grow, you know, without any symptoms for a very long time in the colon. And so colon cancer screening is one of the most important ones. And of course, because, you know, the the screening is colonoscopy that most people think about, I get reluctance from patients to screen. So I did want to make sure and mention the different ways that we can screen for colon cancer. And again, the patient population that needs to be screened for colon cancer, um, all adults between the ages of 50 and 75, there's a very clear recommendation for colon cancer screening. And we can talk about the different ways that we can screen for colon cancer. Um, Now there is also a recommendation for people ages 45 to 49, because we are finding younger folks getting colon cancer, which I you know, we wow. can go into the reasons why we think that's happening. If it mostly, I think it's diet and a standard American diet of processed foods and not enough vegetables and fiber contributing to the increased risk of colon cancer in younger folks. But um, 45 to 49, also there's a recommendation to start screening them. So the, the different methods that we use, the most popular one, well, the easiest one is something called a fecal occult blood test, which is a little envelope that you receive um, that has a a little plastic tube inside with what looks almost like a toothpick. um, And with the instructions to, um, it gives you like a little sheet of paper, you put the sheet of paper in the water in the toilet, you have your bowel movement on that, and then collect a little bit of that stool with that little toothpick. And then you bring it back to us in the little, it has a little specimen bag that you can put it in. So that one's pretty easy, but it only is good for a year. So if it's negative, great, we're going to do it again next year. And we'll keep doing that yearly. And does it give false negatives? Um, Well, you have to think about what we're looking for is hidden blood. Um, So if there is a big, bad colon cancer lurking in your colon, as you know, when the bowel movements pass by, if the polyps or, or cancer in there is big enough, they tend to bleed. And so we will pick up hidden blood. There's more false positives. So, you know, there's lots of other things that can cause a positive. If you have a little hemorrhoid or or a little constipated, you know, you may um, have a false positive. Um, So, you know, we tend to be aggressive with the positives. Um, If somebody has a positive test, we'll send them out to get the formal colonoscopy. Of course, that's the gold standard. That's the best test for colon cancer is the colonoscopy which is more invasive, you know, you do have to clean out your bowels before the procedure, which is a part nobody likes, um, where you have to drink that, uh, you know, laxative that will completely clean out your colon. But then the test itself, you're sedated, and they get to look in with a camera, and they can biopsy and, you know, remove polyps 
while they're in there. So it becomes diagnostic and treatment at the same time. And you get a little so, bit of Versed, which is the world's greatest anesthesia. That's right. You, you go right to sleep. Most people wake up going, when are we getting started? No, ma'am, you're done. So, and, and there's no hangover with Versed as the anesthesia. I mean, everybody's different, um, but uh, most people tolerate that particular anesthetic very, very well. Yes. And, and then and the last, you know, yeah, one, one, I don't want to leave the colonoscopy yet. Okay. There are people who are really squeamish about that. Uh, and I think that's more true in America than anywhere else. Uh, and, and you just need to get over it. I, I have a very, very good friend now deceased who died of colon cancer uh, because he wouldn't get a colonoscopy. He was having all kinds of symptoms, uh, stomach pain, cramps, what have you, and, and bleeding would not get a colonoscopy and he died. That's a shame it, it just because it is very, very treatable, very preventable. So All if, right, you get last word in because we're about out of time here. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure for me to work with you, Ron, and to work on WellMed Radio. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And these two years have been fantastic. Um, I hope that people will do their colon cancer screenings and breast cancer screenings and lung cancer screenings. And Thank you. Thank we you. didn't even get to talk about the day you did the show from your closet at home. We'll leave that for another day. Dr. Marisa <laughs> My Charles. anxiety dreams about WellMed Radio. Thank so. you. For Dr. Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on WellMed Radio. Executive producers for WellMed Radio are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibera and Maurice Hudson. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.